don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. So today, as we start talking about how to read the news, we're going to take a look at format. Not the format they write in, but the format we're going to follow to look at the information presented to us to see if it even makes sense. This is the first step in the things we need to do, and this is going to help you in many ways not only understand what they're writing and how, but is their writing weak? Is it supportive? Is there an agenda behind it? We're not going to look at our biases. We're going to ignore those. We're going to look for certain types of data information. This process is going to help your brain understand things help your brain remember what to look for, help you retain the information, make you a little more curious to go through this stuff. And we'll also cause some issues for you. We'll find if you're actually doing this or things you don't agree with or like, that all of a sudden they might have a point. And then there's a lot of things that you love out there that you don't realize how tied to you are, and you're like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. That's kind of the whole process of how this works with intel and reading through data and information that people present, especially on open source. We're going to focus specifically on news articles as there's many ways to do this for other written topics. And with enough time and practice, you not only will get better at reading the news, you'll be able to use this and watching the news as well. So how to read the news, what format we're going to follow. That's what we're talking about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. One of the reasons I'm doing this is I often get asked how I research, which is probably a long, arduous process to try to explain with like a computer screen in front of you showing you how you do it, let alone just talking on podcasts be difficult. But part of it's because there's kind of this contradiction of how we look at information in ourselves that we don't realize we're doing. You know, we, we have a hard time like when we're doing research papers or we're in school or we're doing any of that kind of stuff, you know, having confidence in the notes that we take and the information we have, you know, do we have the intelligence or the smarts to learn this stuff? Can I do this thing? Can I provide the right research? You know, we work really hard at that. But then when something comes that we're not paying for, we're not working for, that we're emotionally attached to, that we forget about, we go the other way. We don't want to research it. We just know. We just know everything all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we have the best idea in the world of what right and wrong is, and we don't want to hear what this other side has to say, not realizing the other side is a lot like our side and that there's more than just one other side. Sometimes there's a bunch of sides. Like people say a coin has two sides, but it doesn't have five sides. You know, it's got, <laughs> it's kind of funny because they always say it's two sides, it's heads or tails. I'm like, well, yeah, but a coin has five sides because there's heads, there's tails. Then there's the edge of it that we always try to get it to stand on that it rolls on. Then there's the inside and then there's the outside. Now you might want to call that philosophical or wordplay, but the point is that there are more sides depending on how you look at it. And when you only see two and only see yours is right, you're definitely not trying to look at any sides. You're only trying to find information that supports some preconceived notion you have 
usually based on a bias of some type. And so we're going to use this information. I, I don't care what you look at when you do this either. You can you can follow confirmation bias and try to try to disprove this and find the truth as you want to say and whatever you're looking at. You can go after stuff you don't like too. You can find I don't I don't agree with this political point of view. I don't agree with this subject over here. I don't agree with this war going on. I don't agree with this whatever article about a thing in my town and it doesn't matter. If you actually follow these steps and stick with reason and logic over emotion, you'll find out how well it works. Now, the reason this is helpful, too, is what you're doing most of the time, what most people do most, I do this with some stuff still, and, and you always will to some degree, but one of the things you're doing is you're allowing your brain to make sense of things for you, and that's a mistake. You shouldn't be doing that. What we want to do is take active measures to make sense of things as we're learning them instead of just letting our brain do whatever because we have so much subconscious stuff, so many other things in there we're denying or not seeing that's getting involved to where we start cherry-picking data or start trying to interpret things a certain way or we start gaslighting people. You know, we start misusing truth and fact in arguments. Just a little foreshadowing of a future episode, but we want to take these active measures to make things a little easier on us. What we're trying to do is read this information with attention, like we're paying attention to it, not, well, I'm paying attention because I'm reading, no, with attention. There is an intent behind this to learn the information. And part of it starts with familiarization, working our way down to drill in the details to follow on research and then trying to figure out if the information is any good, right? That's what we want. We want the information to be good. That's not what you want. You might think that's what you want, but it's really not. We're doing two things. One is learning to realize that things like articles are at best a broad sense of something because that's all they are. They're not a research paper. They're usually poorly written anyway, even by the media today, but that's all they are. They're just a broad sentence, broad purpose, broad content of an idea, which means clearly we need to go find more information ourselves to teach our minds what we're learning but using our attention and intention to not let our mind take over, but to determine what all this means. Instead of taking one article and going, yep, that's it. No, that's not, that's not how that works. So that's the first thing that we're doing, taking that, realizing that it's a broad, kind of a broad brushstroke on a piece of information. From that, we come to realize, at least you should if you're putting real intent into this, is we're not looking for good information. There's no such thing. You know, it's like bad information. Is there really such a thing? There could be incorrect stuff, but stop trying to look for truth. Stop trying to look for good information. What we're looking for, what we're really doing is we're, we're vetting the source. Okay, through this process, you will vet that information, but you need to vet the source. Now, do understand, I'm going to use the phrases like truth and fact a lot, probably a lot, well, a lot more than normal anyway, because we're going to have that discussion later time. But if you're a person that says, and I always default to politics only because in the United States, politics is what people use to try to define whether or not they're a good person. It seems to run our lives anymore, at least it does on television. The world watches it, and most of my listeners are here. So for most of you, this is a familiar subject. Most of you will think it's somebody else, but it's, it's actually probably you. Some people have this idea. Some take a more extreme idea. People on this side of the aisle, you know, not... But most of them not even realizing there's more than two political parties. There's two major ones, sure, I'll admit that, but there are others. But 
but they'll say, well, these people, it's always like this. It's the same idea as people say, well, CNN never tells the truth or Fox News never tells the truth. Okay, if you're taking that position, what you're doing is verbalizing a bias, an ignorance you have based on an emotional opinion that you've put zero effort or research into because had you put any effort or research into it, you would at least say that more intelligently and be able to give the contrast to it in the argument about why your side is good using numbers and ratios and all these other things that people don't have because they don't look into this stuff. And it's because you've already decided. You've already decided that that's bad information. It's so funny, we haven't vetted it yet. We haven't vetted the source, but we've decided the source is bad so we don't look at the information they provide. Whereas on the Intel side of things, we look at all the information and we use that to vet the source to determine how likely we are to put time into that source in the future. doesn't mean we won't put time into them if they're vetted as a bad source most of the time. Like I've said before, they could still have that gem. They could still have a supportive piece of information. And at the same time, we don't look at that guy that's bringing us gold every day and just assume it's gold every time. We still have to go through the same process of vetting the source and looking at the information with scrutiny to find out. Because here's the other thing too. One thing people don't think about when they're looking at information today or watching the news or whatever is to say, you know, oh, it's it's always good. Let's say it's always good. It's always right. We're vetting it. It's, it this is almost amazing. And people don't question that. Whereas in the Intel side, we're like, we're getting, we're getting a little bit too much good stuff here. We need to look into this further, find out who this, who, who is this guy? What are they doing? How are they getting this? There's something wrong here. That happens. Happens a lot, actually, especially at the tactical level, and has to be looked at. But we don't do that as regularity people. Yet at the same time, we'll just go, you know, even if we don't have a bias, we're getting enough garbage from somebody, we're like, I just can't believe them. Even if we're saying it to ourselves, I can't believe them. You've already decided without even trying to look at the information. Even if you know a person is generally untrustworthy, they could be trustworthy one time. Sure, there's judgments you should probably make for your own safety, but when we're looking at information, that's a little different than the guy coming over to watch your house that always ends up throwing a party and comes close to burning it down. Now, I'll tell you straight out, it's very easy to look at this and go, oh, that seems like we're putting a lot into it. That's going to take a long time. No, it goes really fast. It, it literally, if you think of, most articles are a few paragraphs anymore, you know, and they only take you a few minutes to read. Like when I was doing Apple News for a while, they had an option on there. You could have them read the news. I'll tell you how long it takes to read the article, the way in which they speak it to you. A lot of things have. I think even Instapaper has that. There's a lot of software out there like that now. It tells you, you know, the suggested or average time it takes to read an article. This literally will add a few seconds on, maybe one minute to everything you do, regardless of the length of the article, because most articles aren't really that long. Op-ed pieces are used longer than articles. The other thing this does is it helps push incremental learning. That's learning in steps. The thing is, a lot of times when we think of learning in steps, like when I picture it in my head, because people always talk about learning in steps, and steps is a staircase, and you climb your way to knowledge, I always remember these steps in this church I grew up in, which I actually should go back there and take a look at it. It'd probably be like that hill I thought it sucked to run in Fort Benning. I went back and drove up and down a few times, not realizing that was a hill because it was a speed bump. By the time I was a little kid, I was like, man, these are these massive steps to go up, these huge stairs. Like, it was this big step to take because I'm a little kid. And that's always what I picture in my head. Like, it's this journey. But it doesn't have to be. Incremental learning can happen in steps. Just be very short and fast. To learn in, in a little way. It's part of the ways I teach people is incremental learning over a short period of time. And this is just so much faster and more efficient of a way to learn. 
And studies on this show that like 90% of a topic can be gained. 90% can be gained. A great amount of that can be retained over a short amount of time. And it's really just a system of previewing information by looking at the whole article, by the steps we follow in the format. And it helps you kind of, it's like preparing your mind to receive new information easily. And it also starts blocking out those little incremental like seconds of bad things that are coming to your head, like biases. So we've picked an article most likely because we've read a headline. Now, from this article, we might look up more articles or we might look up phrases or things that we're going to talk about in here and go to Google. But every time we open something up, the first thing we always see is the headline. So that's the first step. So the very first one you're looking at, say, today, let's say you're going to look at something about the war in Israel that goes on right now, and you just were on Twitter and saw something, you're on the news, you saw a headline, you said, I'm going to read that. And let's say you go through this process I'm about to explain to you. And then you end up just going to Google and looking more stuff up and more phrases. Even from that, every time, the first thing you're doing is reading a headline because you're reading it in those little semi-paragraph links Google has, open it up, reading it again, maybe reading something to decide what you want to do with it. But here's the thing. You want to follow these steps, number one, on every piece of information that's article-like or even like a blog. Most blogs are short now. The other thing is if you are like me, like I was, I would see something. I would look up, say, Hamas right now. I'd look up Hamas, and I'd see all these headlines of whatever they are under the news section. And then I would I would click on one, and then I'd read like the first paragraph, and I could identify biases and things or something I knew was wrong or believed to be wrong. I'd stop. Don't do that. Go through the first part of these steps before we get through reading all the whole content. So, the first things we're going to do is we're going to read the first paragraph, and we're going to skip all the way to the bottom, and we're going to read the last paragraph. Now, there's several ways this works depending on the article's purpose and who wrote it, and not every author does them the same way every time. Generally speaking, your first paragraph should be a summary of what we're about to discuss. Typically, when I've talked before, like back in season one, who, what, where, why, when, and how, it should have most, if not all of that. It should be short and to the point, but it's at least a basic summary telling you what we're talking about, when it happened, who's involved, where it was, a why, possibly. The why might be the bulk of the article, though, so it's okay if it's not there. The how may be part of the article. It depends on the subject you're talking about. Sometimes the how can be in there, but who, what, when, and where definitely should be in there. And then we're going to the last paragraph. We're reading that. Here's what we're looking for. There's things that would make sense that doesn't necessarily mean they're good or bad until we go through the rest of this process. Sometimes it's going to be a summary of everything we just talked about. It could be like a rewriting of the first paragraph, kind of like when you write essays in high school. You know, your intro and your summary were summary intro and like a summary outro, essentially. They have names for them. That wouldn't be uncommon. Another thing, too, is you may find that your last paragraph has historical information. So one of the most common ones I see that in is we have a news article we're talking about, some sort of issue with gunfire, like a shooting, a robbery. And they talk about, in the first paragraph, Bob the bad guy. Um, I'm, I, just got to, I, yeah, I just got to Arizona recently, and I remembered... This big thing was on national news where this cop pulls a guy over and the guy shoots the cop. I think the cop got killed a few years ago. It sucked. Right, so Bob the bad guy, and he gives you the basic details. He gets pulled over on the freeway. Here comes the cop. He shoots the cop. He's on the run, right? And then in the last paragraph, it gives historical data and says, well, there's this many mass shootings or this many events like this in the United States, or this many police deaths. Something that is direct or pretty close to 
the same idea. Like that would that would make sense. Like, all right, we're talking about this shooting, and they said specifically this type of shooting happens every time. That's that's a direct correlation there. Or it's one guy got was a bad guy was getting pulled over for a warrant. He shot the cop and fled, and then in the end they go, gun violence has risen. Blah blah blah. blah. You're like, well, that doesn't really that doesn't really have anything to do with this, um, but maybe it does. But then that, you might start thinking at that point. Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to turn this to where we're not really paying attention, looking for this guy? We're talking about gun violence as a political slant. Are we doing that? Or are we just talking about this guy and the article's really long because we don't have enough information and we just come in with that at the end? So you already get to thinking like there is or isn't a correlation. And the thing is, at this point, whether or not there's a correlation doesn't even matter. It's just for you to identify. Then we're going to go back through. And I actually, I scan from bottom to top. So I read the first, I go to the bottom read the last and then I just scroll up slowly and do all this, but you can do it from the bottom down again or top down if you want. But we're looking for things that are meant to be highlighted for us, which they don't use highlighters. But instead what they do is they have like bolded words where they made them bold or put them in italics. You know, it's like this fake computer cursive slant look or things that are quoted. And by quoted, a lot of things could be direct quotes, especially in a news article inside there. What you want to look for for quotes in a news article is you might see those, but you're looking for ones they choose to highlight. Like a lot of times they'll put them in quotes, but they'll make them a larger font in between paragraphs as to highlight this specific quote is important. You know, the police chief said this, that type of quote. And then we're looking at what's bolded. What have we chose to highlight? Now, some of those bolds are going to be links. We're going to look at those later, but we're like, okay, that's bolded and it's a link. So it's not just that it's bolded, it's sending you to more information, a source to justify that statement. So we gotta remember that. Okay, I got two sentences here with bolds, both are links. That source should not only justify that statement, but it should be supportive of this entire paragraph and in general, the idea of this story. So I'm already thinking that. And then I got the quotes and then italics. And why is this in italics? Is it a quote in italic? Is it something else? Is it just what they did? And, and those and news articles aren't all that common unless they're in quotes anymore. But we definitely noticed that. And, at this point, we're not only incremental or learning, we're reinforcing things because our first layer was a headline. You know, Bob the bad guy shoots a cop on I-17. Next, we read the first paragraph. It tells you that again. Gives you a little bit more detail about it. We go to the last paragraph. And they give you some supportive detail based on history of gun violence. You're like, all right, so I got that. May or may not correlate. We'll say it doesn't this time, but it doesn't matter yet. I go back, I read some bolded words. I got a couple words in there going to articles. Those articles should definitely directly support the sentence and the paragraph generally support the paper. I'll have to look at those when I'm done. Here's a quote from the sheriff. In general, they're just highlighting the fact that the sheriff said this, and that's a good thing, but that's probably generally not a big deal as far as things I need to look at further, unless you want to check and see if it's really a direct quote. Then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to look for any type of diagram, picture, or illustration. Now, you may have already seen one at the top that's very common in an article. But take a look at those other ones, because a lot of them, you'll realize, even on what we call mass media, which is funny, it's not really mass, by statistics, it's not mass media anymore, it's just major news outlets. Mass media is really social media. But all of a sudden, you'll find a lot of those pictures are probably ads, links to other things, especially at the bottom and on the side, but they can be in the middle of articles. Read the captions for those pictures and see, because sometimes... You, You've, I've talked about it on here, but I mean, we talked about this for years. People know this is the common sense, common knowledge now. 
that when you get on your computer, things you do, talk about, say, text somebody, things you look up, it's going to show up in ads on websites. And a lot of these news agencies run ads like any garbage website now to make money because nobody reads newspapers anymore. So make sure you identify that because you see these pictures. We forget that they're probably stock photos. And then it shows something about, in this situation, we'll say guns or somebody being hurt. And you're like, it's subconsciously making you think all these bad things happen or more bad things are happening. Feeding into this bias you have. But then you look at the picture, read the caption, you go, oh, this is just a bullshit ad link to a medical website for, you know, some medicine or something. So you can consciously ignore that. And then you see the other pictures and then you can look at them and go, oh, okay. Or there's a diagram. Here's, here's where, where it happened. And they don't use diagrams a lot in the news, but it happens sometimes. Then once that's done, go all the way back to the top. Read the headline. Go right in the first paragraph and read it all the way state through. Look at all the pictures. Look at all the highlights and stuff again. You'll be reinforced incrementally learning that. And all of a sudden, things are going to pop out to you. So in this example, because I'm looking for really good examples to use, but in this example I've made up, although it does sound real, no matter what side you're on, on, on firearms. But in this example, things you could determine. Because we found, okay, we got who, what, when, and where, and how. Bob, the bad guy, shot a cop. He was already a bad guy. And then the last paragraph, it was stuff about gun violence in the U.S. And then as we read the article, we realize the second paragraph has a little bit more information. And the next three or four paragraphs are just wordy and fluff that don't need to be in there that are talking about gun violence and politics and what people are trying to do about it. And then all of a sudden you go, well, wait a second. That's great and everything, but that should have been its own article. That shouldn't be in here as a combined piece of information because the headline doesn't even talk about it. The headline talk, I just want to know about the shooting. That's why I opened it. See, that's what it should be telling you. And then you should, then you recognize and go, oh, it actually doesn't matter where I take a position, where I take a stance on this subject. The fact that that extra stuff's in there has nothing to do with the story is meant to sway the opinion of the reader. And it's written usually in such a way that it doesn't matter if you're pro or con the idea, whatever's presented, it will support what you're already thinking. And it will get you emotional and it will get you clicking on things. It'll get you commenting, especially if it's on social media where you find it, but it's a news article. So then other things that can happen too is you can find out the whole thing makes sense. Maybe the whole thing's logical. Maybe it gives detail about the guy, talks about the victim and his family and that he's in the hospital and here's the things that he did. And, you know, he did this one thing over here at this time and then the bad guy had a rough life and this is how he became a bad guy and, and you know, it's real unfortunate and police are out doing this and, you know, maybe they caught the guy and then at the end it says, yeah, you know, gun violence is on the rise, but, you know, th thank goodness we have X, Y, and Z and, you know, it's a terrible thing, but whatever. And you can go, oh, the whole thing is, you know, just focus on that. That's all it is, is just for you to identify whether or not the whole thing goes together or not. And that's the reason why I said that the uh, last paragraph doesn't matter if it seems like it coincides directly or indirectly. It's just identifying where the article's probably going. Because by the time you get back to that again, after you've read the whole thing and you get back to that last paragraph, here's what will most likely happen the majority of the time. One. Whether it directly or indirectly coincides, it'll make sense with the entire content. You're like, I've read the content, it directly coincides, it indirectly coincides, but it makes sense to be placed here. And other times you read the whole thing, you'll get to the last paragraph that you've now read like three times, you'll be like, oh, that's stupid. That, why'd they even write that? that? Clearly that's just to sway the opinion of the reader. You'd be like, yeah, it doesn't make, that's not even really the last paragraph. The real last paragraph was one before, this one shouldn't even be here. That tells you a lot about the author what they're doing that helps you vet the agency or organization that's releasing it 
what that news agency is doing because it gives you an idea of what you can look forward in the future. Now, of course, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed. That was one thing. You need to read thousands, thousands upon thousands from the agencies, hundreds from the author, you know, and thousands upon thousands on the subjects from other sources. But then we're not done. Now, once we do this and we kind of see how this was structured and why, which part of this is, part of this is presumption. It's a logical presumption based on the format we're following and looking at the information. We're ignoring this point, fact and truth. No matter, I haven't even mentioned that. I said I was going to mention a lot, but I didn't. We're not focusing on fact and truth. We're just looking at how the information is presented and we're choosing to make the conscious effort to read it in such a way to reinforce the idea of what their intents are, what they want to highlight and why to see if the writing even makes sense. Because a lot of times you'll find out this is nonsensical. This is full of bias. And you'll start to see that. That's why I said earlier, it might make you uncomfortable. You might see it in the stuff that you like and go, oh, no, 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 no. And then you might not see it in things you don't like. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What's going on here? Then the other thing we're doing now is we got to follow those links. And then you go and read those links and you click on them. And it goes over here. So in this story, we're looking at some... You know, this cop who got hurt. And what's the article even about? Because sometimes when they link you over there, it's just a headline. And the headline looks like it supports that statement. But you need to read through that whole article the same way. You're not only reevalu you're not or sorry, you're not only evaluating this article like you did the first one, you're also reevaluating the first one by looking at the second one completely in context to go, wait a second, does that even make sense to go there? Are, or are, are they ignoring things? Are the things in here that seem like they make sense, but the overall feeling of this or parts of it contradict what they're saying? And you're like, well, that's a, just a bad, that's bad writing. And then you can look at the first article and go, yeah, that's sources. The person who wrote this, they're, they're manipulating people. This is, this is no good. You know? Or sometimes you look at it and go, oh, it's a study. It's a study over here that says this. It's a report that says this. It's something about the thing that they mentioned. It's just another article referring to the similar type of shooting that happened over in a southern state. You know, you got to look at it that way. Does it really make sense and support it? Or sometimes you'll see it looks good on the surface, but I follow the format again on this article that was highlighted. We'll say both of them because I said there was two in this example. And you're like, oh, I see why they would do that. And somebody might fall for it because of what they'll do. But if they were doing what I'm doing, following this format of reading the information and go, yeah, they've just cherry picked the shit out of this data. This is all, this is garbage. And we're making that determination if it's bad or good based on the content provided and the format which we're following, not because we like or agree, not because we care about the subject, not because we have an opinion on the writer or an opinion on the news outlet. And even if you've looked at them before, it doesn't matter. You have to look at every situation as its own independent action. You need to remember and take that determination of that independent writing as, you know, are you going to mark yes or no on this source as you're looking at the news? But you need to treat every one of them independent. You can't walk into it and saying this is going to be good or this is going to be bad. And then as you're chalking that up every time, all you're really doing is identifying patterns. Because what you're looking for in the news, don't look for right or wrong. Don't look for truth or fact. That's just dumb. It doesn't exist. And yet it exists everywhere. What you're looking for is consistency. You want to identify consistency. That's why I say there's certain news agencies that are better and the reason i say they're better is because they're consistent i can count on them most of the time to do it a certain way i can see the pattern i still go into it independently every time i still evaluate the information on my own it's not the only place i look 
I just said, look at this one article and you found two follow-ups and made a decision. I don't do that. I look at like 20, 30 articles sometimes very, very quickly and do a lot of the follow-up. In 30 minutes, I can go through quite a bit of stuff. In two hours, I can go through 30, 40 writings and some studies to make a decision on my own because I do it very fast. But you could, you could do that too. But in this example, we're keeping them really, really short. It's really not even enough to do. And you actually do that much, you'll find yourself getting more curious and going farther into things to find some more information out of it and start forming your own opinions on things and realizing that the beliefs that change for you probably won't be the, the real big ones. You know, like in this one, I used guns because it's a big topic in the U.S. Your opinion on that, whether it's, you know, one or the other probably won't change, but opinions you've formed about other things related to it probably will. Like determining that the other side always does it this way or this news source always does it this way and all of a sudden you start realizing, oh, that's not the case. There's plenty of well-written, well-researched arguments out there that take a position I don't agree with, but their data is solid and their articles are good. And it makes me think and rethink things and take a look at them. I don't necessarily look for holes or ways to argue it. I just, I prefer an opposing point of view with a strong, solid argument than a bunch of garbage and nonsense and biases and all that kind of stuff. You know, people today jump on the conspiracy bandwagon all the time. There's so many conspiracy theories coming up that have been reimagined that are 40, 50 years old, some older than me, that I see all the time. And we don't realize how much we're sucked into that. Like social media, so much of that stuff's fake planted information by who knows who bought the ad, whether or not the article's real, or they're from places we call news that aren't news. And we forget the most important thing, that the news in this country is a for-profit business with customers. Okay, when you have a business and customers, you focus on trying to keep your customers, which means you, while you do improve and reinvent and change things every once in a while, in general, a big focus of your work is to do the things the customers like to keep them coming back. That's why we look for the consistency, because then we know places like, say, CNN, for example, or Al Jazeera are consistent, and that's what they produce. And then if you're reading something like, say, Fox News, the Jerusalem Post, you can go, that's not consistent. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just understanding the consistencies and to know what is and isn't consistent, to know what to look for. When it's inconsistent, you got to work a little harder. When it's consistent, you don't have to work as hard. But then all of a sudden something goes the other way. Like this place is always this consistent and then there's a change. Why is there a change? And then you go look and find out why. It makes life a little easier. But then at the end of the day, we still have the information. I didn't provide you any information to the content of the story. I only described it. There's a whole nother action to looking into that information. But I'll just put it simply as to say this. If you're interested in that subject, if you've done the things I've said, dig deeper. Go find more sources, different sources saying different things. They don't have to corroborate. Yeah, this bad guy shot a cop on I-17 on this time on Thursday. That's going to corroborate probably. But you're looking for other, other takes on it, other people. And don't just look at the news. Who else? Where's the news getting their information? Oh, they got it from the sheriff. They got it from the police force. They got it from this community organization. Those places all have social media accounts. Go there and see what they say. Go there and evaluate what they're doing on social media. You know, go to their YouTube and see what they're doing. Oh, they have an official Twitter account. Go see what the police force is putting out about this and the updates they're doing. And then go, oh, look, they said the sheriff said this. Well, that's true, but I'm thinking they interviewed the sheriff. 
Now, the sheriff posted this on Twitter. They didn't interview the sheriff. They're just sharing his tweet, but they didn't say that. And then you're like, huh, how much work are they really putting into this? All kinds of questions get raised about your source. Because the thing is to remember, information gets evaluated through a process. In the intelligence world, we call it the intelligence cycle. All we're doing right now is reading gathered information that's been reporting. We haven't even started to analyze it. Everything I've just described to you is how to read that report, the piece of news, to take a look at it and to see what they're trying to really say and to start the process of evaluating the source, but the source evaluation isn't finished until we evaluate and analyze the information and make a determination for ourselves what that picture is, which is a long-winded way of saying, don't look for truth. Truth's everywhere. Because in our next episode, we're going to talk about truth versus fact. And the hardest pill for people to swallow that makes people angry is when I explain to them and then prove to them, the news tells the truth 100% of the time and always has. They, they always tell the truth. I've yet to have anybody prove to me that they don't, but I can prove to you in a matter of seconds. Well, seconds that add up to a minute or two. But they always tell the truth and you should stop looking for it. In fact, every person I talk to that wants to find that place that tells the truth, when I talk to them, in a couple of minutes I find out and they find out that's not really what they're asking. They don't actually want anybody to tell them the truth. And if you say that, listen to the next episode because you probably don't want that either. <laughs>